0: Hello and welcome to the Norwich City Tactics Podcast with me, Sam. Today I'm joined by James and Rich as we go over Norwich's 3-1 win over Millwall. Millwall had initially started the season well with a 1-0 win over Middlesbrough, but lost 4-0 to Reading in the EFL Cup, followed by a 1-0 home defeat to Bristol City last week. Head coach Gary Rowett set them up in a 4-4-2 formation, which was slightly different to the 3-4-3 played in previous games. James, do you want to talk me through uh, Norwich's line-up and initial setup?
1: So there was one change from our last league game. Fastnack replaced with the injured Hernandez. Fastnack um, came in on the right with Johnny Rowe switching sides, which I thought was interesting because we want to see if he will develop that relationship with Stacey that Rowe has shown so far. With Rowe, I think he's someone who could be equally good on both sides with his two footedness. Norwich set up in their usual 4 4 2 shape out of possession, which in possession turns into a sort of three one six with McLean or Sarah dropping back into the middle of the defence
0: to help with build-up. Yeah, so essentially what we've seen in the previous two games. So with that in mind, how do you think uh, they started the game, really? I mean, I think Millwall's formation took us by surprise a little bit, uh, but I don't think that affected the performance too much. Rich, do you want to talk me through that a little bit?
2: Uh, so yeah, Millwall had a bit of early pressure from uh, kickoff, but we, we dealt with this fairly comfortably uh, and we set into gear pretty swiftly. Um, Millwall dropped off quite deep into their, into their 4-4-2, uh, and into their mid-block, um, which ceded a lot of space in build-up for Norwich, which I felt we really sort of took control of the game as a, as a result.
0: Yeah, massively. Uh, I think part of the reason was that you could see from some of the Millwall players, they're a little bit confused about what to do with Sarah uh, dropping in between the two centre-backs, I think. Kevin Nisbet, who was one of their forwards, was communicating a lot with the players behind him. I don't think he was aware of where Sarah was. And he wasn't sure whether to man-mark or just try and cover the passing lane into Sarah. But then again, like the two uh, midfielders in the central positions for Millwall didn't really go to track either. So there was definitely a lot of back and forth between the Millwall players. And I think that led to Norwich having a lot of space, which Sarah took advantage of.
1: I think we did quite a good job of at times slowing it down and actually drawing Mill's front two onto us to then create that space to play through. Gibson in general had a pretty good game on the ball uh, with some nice left-footed passes into midfield. And Sarah generally wasn't picked up at all. And he's someone who didn't even really need to be given space to run a game. So given the space he had in this game, it was pretty easy for him.
2: Yeah, I think on that, this is sort of the most assured we've looked in uh, our, our build-up as to now. I think gradually we're, we're getting there under Wagner. Um, I think uh, last year there was a lot of apprehension to the shape with the 3-1-3, the and it relied a lot on uh, our full-backs for progression. But I think with Stacey and your new list, we've got some really dominant ball carriers. Um, and we're able to break that first line of the press pretty confidently with that. And, and that opens up a lot of space in the game. So I think our build-up in, in this game was was the best I've seen and, and lots of progressive actions um, via full
1: It's also really helped by the two wingers, Roan Fasnack, moving into central areas at times, uh, which allowed the full to advance up the wing into space. And also, the two strikers were both dropping deep a lot, sometimes both at the same time. And... I think Barnes in particular looks really comfortable in those midfield areas, almost as a third midfielder.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point with Barnes and Sargent coming into those slightly deeper roles. Now they drop to the same level as Sarah or McLean with Rome Fashion Act taking their positions a bit further up the pitch. I actually thought Millwall were very, very narrow, uh, out of possession, which did allow Unulis a lot of space. I think a feature that we've talked about on the previous two podcasts is how good Unulis' passes into. Barnes and Sargent further up the pitch yard. And that was definitely a feature in the first 20 minutes or so. It
1: was that early one to max He played into his feet on the edge of the box and it was laid back to Sergeant, whose drive was just wide. And that was the first chance of the game. Straight away, he knew that Dimmy was really going to have another one of those games. And he's he's had a brilliant start to the season.
2: I think on the earlier point of Sergeant and Barnes and the fluidity within the... Like front sort of four, if you like. Um, it was always a different person coming deep to drop and get on the ball in, in build-up, um, which I thought worked really well. Um, the Millwall lines were broken easily as a result. Um, and yeah, it left a lot of space out wide for for the fullbacks And you knew, obviously, as you as you mentioned, Sam, it made the most of it with some of his uh, actions.
0: Yeah, so I think that brings us nicely to the goal uh, in the 25th minute. Jonathan Rose, fourth in four games. Um, It was a really nice passing move, which, again, I think shows you how much more fluid we are in possession this season uh, compared to the last. But I think it was around a 10-pass move that that led to the goal with a really nice couple of uh, technical actions in there. I really liked uh, Barnes' first touch, actually. I think it was the pass from Sarah into him, uh, and he was just able to hold off the defender behind him to slip it into a row, which produced a really good finish. Was there another pass or another close control in there that, that really stood out for you guys?
1: I really liked the pass from Ynoulis into Roe that initially created the opening and how Roe then stood up the defender and used that overlap from Ynoulis to then come back inside. It's nice to see that relationship building because you think with Hernandez being out for a few weeks, Rowe will be on that side uh, in the coming games.
2: On on Roe's goal, I think uh, he really showcased his ability, um, ball striking of a uh, action, uh, so to, to describe that, it's uh, how quickly you're able to take a shot after doing a dribble. He cut inside really well uh, and often play need to set to take their shot. Uh, with Johnny Rowe, he's able to shoot on his action, uh, which really deceives the goalkeepers. It made it almost impossible to save because it wasn't as far in the corner as maybe other strikes were. But because of how early he takes the strike off the action, it completely threw the goalkeeper. And...
1: Yeah, uh, he got an incredible amount of power with basically no backlift. There's mm-hmm. like shades of Sergio Aguero, really.
2: Yeah, that's definitely a, a
0: promising uh, comparison to have. Maybe a player that hasn't scored three goals already this season probably doesn't take that shot so quickly. So yeah, it was a really well-taken goal. And, and uh, considering the, the run of the game, it's what Norwich deserved. I think it was after that, though, that Norwich did get caught in possession a little bit. And even though I thought Norwich were good in the first half, I actually felt that Millwall didn't really make enough of the transitions that they had. There were a couple of decisions um, in possession, I think, with SA, And then I think there was also like a, a switch of play. It was around the 33rd minute where they could have been in on that side. I think it was George Savo who had the ball. And he just didn't recognise that switch of play it would have led to Murray Wallace uh, being isolated with, with Stacey, which could have produced a, a cross into the box. I actually felt there were opportunities for Millwall to actually do a little bit of damage to Norwich on on the counter. The space was there. I don't know whether that was something that you noticed, but I did feel like a more proactive team with better decision-making could have taken advantage of Norwich during this period.
1: I do agree with that, yeah. There were some loose moments in possession early on in the game as well, which I also think that a... uh a good side could have taken advantage of, from Stacey, McLean, Sarah. They had a, a few moments where they were sort of giving the ball away, then winning it back, then giving it away again. None of it led to highlight like worthy chances, but you feel like maybe with better attackers on the other team, one of those could have been dangerous.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. That, sorry, Rich, I was going to say something very briefly, then, um, then I'll, I'll bring you in. But Norwich would lose the ball in a slightly dangerous position, but then win it back very quickly, but then lose it again. And it did feel a little bit too chaotic at times. There definitely wasn't, that complete control uh, they had in possession against Hull. or that was kind of my perspective. But um, yeah, Rich, do you have anything to add to that?
2: Yeah, I think it is a consequence of the the style. When you're trying to force uh, transitions, it it can easily reduce into a game of you have the ball, I have the ball, you have the ball. But when you're so good at creating chances, and I think the counter press again was uh, exceptional, uh, and something on the counter press, it's been incredibly efficient because we don't have the highest PPDA in the league. Uh, we're actually about mid-table for that. Um, but our high turnover is actually like third or fourth in the league. So... When we press, we press really well. Uh, and I think when you leave yourself open on the press, if you've got confidence in it, you're, you're able to leave that space and be confident that the players won't make the most of it. So whilst you might get exploited for that in the Premier League, the the confidence I have in our, our pressing structure at the minute, I, I don't mind the space that we're leaving on that action because actually we are creating lots of chances from it and we're being very, very efficient with our pressing.
1: And I think it was clear to see that the press was very well drilled again. You could see there was a clear sort of trigger to press whenever Millwall played the ball backwards or sideways. And that was led by Sergeant and Barnes from the front. They were very quick to spring up and go and hunt the ball.
0: Yeah, for me, the best presser um, of the game was definitely Josh Sargent. I think when we bought him from Werder Bremen, he was one of the best uh, pressing strikers in the league. And it's probably what attracted the recruitment team, and Daniel Farker towards him. I think you could really see it in this game. There were a couple of moments during this period before half-time where it wasn't so much about winning the ball back, but it was putting Millwall under pressure if the ball went backwards or it would lead into an awkward pass or, or a pass into a not-particularly-good area for for Millwall. But yeah, he even put in a couple of really good tackles mm-hmm. and then Norwich were able to retain the ball after that. Yeah, so for me, um, on and off the ball, Sergeant was was absolutely supreme on Sunday. And the good thing about Sergeant
1: is he's got those physical attributes to like maintain that press for the full game. He's probably one of the best athletes in the league, if not the best, in terms of his ability to maintain his running power for 90 minutes. He's clearly a very intelligent player who understands the game well on a tactical level. And I think those two attributes combined are enough to make him one of the best strikers in the league.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with you, James. Um, he's... Exceptionally gifted at scoring goals at the minute. He's taken some excellent finishes, but uh, the defensive side of the game, he's, he's superb. He's, he's in the 94th percentile for, for tackles, 95th percentile for tackles and interceptions, uh, 98th percentile for passes blocks. It, it just shows his intelligence um, and, and how big an asset he is in the other side of the game as well.
1: And I mean, most of what players do in a game is off the ball. So if you're good at that, mm-hmm. then it's a massive bonus to the team.
0: Great stuff. Yeah, I mean, Norwich saw that that half fairly well. There was a slightly worrying moment where Watmore just got the wrong side of Gibson. And obviously that wasn't called up for a foul. As we know with Championship referees, you're not always sure. And I think it was a a hand on Watmore's shoulder. It went down a little bit easily, but I could have seen that being given a free kick. And actually, I think it was maybe an example of Gibson's vulnerability slightly. Uh, Watmore made a run and he actually gets slightly ahead of him. Uh, he could have received the ball a little bit earlier, what more? He doesn't carry the ball very well and he overruns it. But yeah, I think that's an example maybe of, of where Gibson was was vulnerable again, dealing with pace. But yeah, they saw it out. There was also during this period, um, like a, a Kevin Nisbet half-volley, which was blocked by Gibson. Maybe an example of some good penalty books defending, but again, how maybe with a slightly more clinical team. Mill could have caused us difficulty over this period. So, yeah, I'm basically just trying to balance it out in the sense that Norwich were definitely uh, the better team up until half-time. But there's still a couple of actions where I was slightly concerned and, and yeah, they did look slightly vulnerable. Uh, even though there was that slight danger, uh, Norwich did create the, the final chance of the half, if you want to uh, explain that, James.
1: So it was actually uh cross from deep by Fastnacht and uh, it goes over the two targets in the box, which was Sergeant and Barnes. And Rowe makes a great run-in at the back post and manages to get in just ahead of McNamara, who's ball-watching. And unfortunately, the header's just wide. And I think this is a great example of Rowe knowing how to time his runs in the box really well. That's a great attribute of his. When you're looking for a sign that a player is going to be a, a very good goal scorer, that's one that really stands out.
2: And that's actually sort of a trait he's developed uh, in the, in the first-team environment. Although he was a threat, he didn't show that killer box threat he is currently showing in the in the first team. Even himself, he said how he's never scored a header before uh, and all of a sudden he looks a massive threat airily as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you combine that with his ability to get shots off quickly and when he's not quite set and also with his two-footedness, I think you've got the makings of a very good goal scorer there as we've seen already.
0: So moving into the second half, uh, no substitutions were made from either team. Uh, the only thing that I noticed slightly, which was kind of interrupted by the goal, was Millwall did seem a little bit more aggressive uh, off the ball. Um, I think they were just too passive in the first half in terms of letting Sarah just roam free um, when he picked up the ball and just creating moves uh, in our own half. It seemed to be that Fleming uh, was was man marking him a little bit in that kind of opening first few minutes. It was like they were looking for a solution to to stop Sarah. And maybe in that early period, they were just basically trying to man-mark him and and stop him receiving the ball. Uh, so, yeah, they looked slightly more organised, I thought, during this period. But it was only four minutes into the second half that we got our, our second goal. So, yeah, Rich, if you wanted to talk me through the goal and um, what kind of worked about it for you and, and why was Sergeant able to get that header on
2: target? Yeah, so, so Andy Hughes has obviously been embracing his creative side. He's been letting the creative juices flow. Some, some of the set-piece routines and the, the little tricks that we've been doing from set-pieces, we've looked yeah, really dangerous so far this season. For this goal in particular, Sargent did a little nifty trick where he, he pulls himself offside so uh, defenders aren't able to get set and mark mm-hmm. him. Uh, he then drops him for when Sarah starts his run-up, so it uh, caused a bit of confusion there. Makes his run completely unmarked in the box. The goalkeeper's in my no man's land. He nips in ahead of the the goalkeeper, hits off both posts, goes in. Thankfully, a sergeant's goal because i have been gutted for him if it wasn't.
0: Yeah, I think it was a pretty obviously terrible decision from uh, Sarkic, the goalkeeper, to come and claim at that point. Uh, he doesn't get anywhere near it. But yeah, it's really good to comment on the movement from Sargent because this is what we saw against Southampton, the way that he peeled away from Bednarek for his header last week. And then, yeah, another piece of really impressive movement. So it allows him to, to get the header on goal. I think, again, it's something that We've seen developing a little bit over his time, and it's a way that he's going to be able to score more goals and just build on the, um, the 13 that he got last season. I also kind of really like Duffy uh, dragging a couple of players a little bit deeper. I think he was being marked by two Millwall defenders, and essentially is that he makes the first move, which then drags the Millwall players with him, and that means that all those players then will play Norwich on side. Uh, so again, it was a nice little early movement from, from Duffy. It wasn't completely uh, a catalyst for the goal, but again, a nice kind of piece of movement to basically make Norwich a bit more dangerous from, from that set piece.
1: And I think that brings up a good general point about how good we've been at set pieces this season. There was a couple of other corners in this game. One in the first half where it was delivered to McLean at the front post, who strikes over the bar. Later in the second half to Barnes, who has an almost free shot on his left foot from about six yards, but unfortunately can't quite get the right contact. It's clear this is something they've been targeting, and especially with the signings of Duffy, Barnes, Fastnacht, who are all tall players who are good in the air. So I saw a stat earlier that we are third in the league for expected goals created from set pieces. It's showing that we've put in some good work on the training grounds and we signed... The right players, hopefully over the season, will get some good rewards from it and it
2: will win us some points. On the sort of stats of it, we've actually scored a third of our goals from set pieces. Um, We have had the most set piece shots in the league so far. And as as James said, we're third in the league for um, set piece XG. So we have looked incredibly dangerous from them. And with, as I say, Andy Hughes coming up with some creative routines, it's looking uh, a good source of goals for us this season.
0: Yeah and I think the sign of it being well rehearsed was the celebration from the coaching team uh, after the goal the fact that they all kind of embraced each other I think just shows you that that was that was planned that was worked out on the on the training ground and yeah really good to see just shows you the amount of depth and thought that's going into to Norwich's attacking set pieces
1: Yes also we have to mention Gabriel Sara's deliveries which have been exceptional and We've probably all seen the stat by now that he's created a significant amount of chances more than anyone else in the league. And I always hazard a bet that a lot of those are from set pieces. He consistently delivers into the right areas with good pace. And without someone like that, uh, it would be hard for us to be as effective as we are in those situations.
0: So, yeah, the header from Sargent puts us into a 2-0 a lead. Uh, but we need to let Millwall back into the game after that when we tried to play out in the 55th minute. Um James, do you want to just break down that incident a little bit and what you thought went wrong?
1: Well, so we take the goal kick to Gunn, who then takes it left to Gibson. And he gets his head up and has both McLean and Sarah around the edge of the box, uh, facing him. And he just passes it straight between them, uh straight to Roman Essay, who finds Fleming in the box. Unfortunately, managed to scramble it away. That was probably their biggest chance of the game. And I think with Gibson, you're always concerned there's going to be one like that just because he doesn't always handle pressure that well in terms of if he's got someone closing him down, he can often make a technical mistake or make a wrong decision.
2: Yeah, I think for me, it wasn't anything wrong with the structure. I think generally what the the intention was was for a pass into the to the right-hand side of uh, Sarah. He plays the wall pass to Yanoulis. What I think went wrong was it, it, was, a, it was a misplaced pass um, under not a lot of pressure, to be honest. So it, it is something, as James said, that uh, Gibson has got in him to just a, a lapse of concentration. But that's that's all I would personally put it down to.
0: Yeah, I felt actually that maybe the ball should have gone to Duffy. I know Fleming is quite aggressively closing down that passing lane. Um, but actually, I think with a, like a well-hit or slightly quick pass from Gunn, that would get to Duffy and then Duffy has an option to Stacey down the right hand side. I think even, uh, you can see Gibson telling Gunn to pass it to Duffy. I don't know whether that's because like a, a nervousness from Gibson, because yeah, he can be slightly uh, incompetent in possession and, and not very precise, which obviously led to their chance. But yeah, because, uh, what more I think had come inside to man mark Sarah, it meant that Stacey was completely free. So actually, I don't know whether Gunn could have noticed that. Obviously, there's so much happening ahead of Gunn that he might not have been aware that uh Stacy was free. Within two passes, I think Norwich could have been um could have been free of that. And as you as you mentioned, sort of Rich, if it was a well placed pass into Sarah, you knew list was in space. And we definitely know that Sarah has the technical quality to play that pass. Playing out from the back is a bit of a risk reward process. But I think that was the only part of the game where where we did look at slightly, like we were struggling in in that area. And we even managed to
1: spring a counter straight away after clearing that, because it was cleared to Sergeant. And I don't know which Millwall player it was, but they sort of tried to go through the back of them and win the ball. And Sergeant just uh, uses his body really well and rolls him. I believe it then ends with Rowe trying to square it across the box and it's cleared. And um, that was a pretty good display of our transitional power.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And within a, a basically a minute of of nearly conceding we we go three 3-0 up. Um and that's thanks to uh, Ashley Barnes's first first goal of the season. Um I think Mill will start this with a switch of play. Um so they're trying to hit the left hand side. And it starts with a really nice uh, control from Fasnacht. Uh the way that he's able to take that ball out of the air, but through that control he just takes it away from the mill player and yeah and then he's able to progress to the play. So yeah, a really nice touch and a piece of technical quality from Fastenac.
1: I really liked Fastenac's involvement in it, specifically how he sort of peeled off the two Millwall players who were very focused on Sarah. I think it was Wallace and Saville. And he just gets into the space behind them. And when the pass from Sarah comes through, they sort of turn focus on him for just a second, which leaves Stacey free. And then he just instantly recognises that and flicks it with the back heel through Stacey. And he's got so much time to deliver that cross as a result.
2: Yeah, for for me, the third goal was a a classic example of what we had been doing all game, um, which was some really nice uh, interplay in and around the box. And it was some really fluid one-touch pass in bounce passes, lots of little flicks and, and tricks. And we were creating chances at ease, really. The Millwall centre backs would follow the two strikers and it would leave spacing behind for the likes of Roe, Fashnak to make the most of uh, and and this goal was a prime example of that. The fullback followed Fashnak, left the space for Stacy. Good cross, good, good finish. But yeah, um, some lovely interplay throughout the game and, and this goal showed that as well.
0: Yeah, it was really well worked. And actually, um, that kind of didn't stop there. I know this was this was Norwich's obviously last goal of the of the 90 minutes, but there was another really nice move as well in the 67th minute. I think that involved it being played out from the back. Uh, it went to Duffy, then to Sarah, uh, then on the right wing to Stacey, and then Sargent to Rowe and back to Sargent. Um, and yeah, and I think after that, it went for a corner. I think it was a blocked shot. I think it wasn't too long after that. But there was another move of that ilk started with Gun, and was moved all the way up through defence into midfield and into, into the final third. So it just shows you how well like Norwich penetrated uh, Millwall all the way through the game. And yeah, I think that move to the third goal was definitely a good example of, of an action that was quite prevalent all the way through the 90 minutes.
1: One thing I really enjoyed from our attacking performance was the sort of frequency and quality of the third man runs. You'd have players making a run off the ball, not expecting to receive the next pass, but the one after. And that's a feature of teams that are good at slowing the game down and then just playing through teams with a couple of quick passes. It's a feature of Bielsa teams, for example. They use them quite a lot. And I thought, particularly for the first goal, uh, with Rose run to get the Barnes pass, but throughout really, I thought we looked really dangerous with those situations.
0: Yeah, so it was around this time that uh, Norwich made a couple of changes. I think Springer came on for Rowe, which is a substitution we've seen uh, in previous games. And then Millwall also made a, a double sub. And it was around this point that Norwich slightly plateaued over the past 20 minutes. like They weren't able to keep up with the same momentum that they had been uh, in the previous 70. So, Rich, why do you think we kind of regressed during this period? Was it down to fatigue or do you think the substitutions have had a slightly detrimental
2: effect on the performance but for me it was a, it was a mix of both i definitely think the the substitutions had had an effect um, I think the substitution of spring it we lost a lot of our endeavour in the press a lot of our organisation um, and then there was lots of, another couple of changes on the 80th minute as well we sort of regressed into our shell even more we lost a lot of the organisation that we had in the press um, as a result of these changes yeah we looked so organised in the first half and then as more and more changes came in, into the match um, we lost a lot of that organisation that we had um, and ultimately I feel this led to a, a slight increase of chances for, for Millwall and ultimately their goal uh, on the 90-plus minute.
0: Yeah, so it kind of starts with Omar Bamadeli losing a duel to Bradshaw, uh, which he shouldn't really do because, um, obviously, it's an aerial duel. Omar Bamedelli has the height and the strength over Bradshaw. Um, I also think at this point McLean doesn't quite react. He doesn't get quite deep enough to help cover the the space just in front of the defence. Yeah, that basically allows Emeku to uh, to drive into the space. And uh, I think Duffy is a little bit reactive. Uh, during this point, so he doesn't really get out. To give him the benefit of the doubt, I think when another player, which is Stacey, is kind of trying to tackle or trying to disrupt um, a dribbler, you almost as a defender don't want to get involved. Uh, so yeah, he is maybe slightly reactive, and and Stacey doesn't get quite tight enough, or he's not able to um, yeah to move uh, a marker away from goal. Um, but yeah, it's a good finish in the end, but but slightly disappointing, and and a signals to say that the, the performance probably wasn't as strong during this period. But again. It's probably due to fatigue and then, yeah, it looks like they they slightly switched off um, with, with Millwall coming back into it. Rich, was there anything about the goal that stood out for you or or do you think there was anything that individuals could have done a little bit differently to prevent it?
2: Yeah, I, I think it was um, ultimately a bit of complacency. We, we dominated the game. Millwall did make it quite easy for us towards the end of the game and all the the all the signals coming from the manager was yeah let's rest our key players this is done but uh, i think obamadedele could do a little bit better in the header the, the duel against bradshaw um and and there is that spacing behind Stacey. but he he was up and down the wing um all all game so so i'll i'll forgive him for this one um i don't think there's too much to be concerned about yeah,
0: so in summary, uh, I'd like to hear any sort of tactical aspects or individual performances that uh, that you both really liked. Uh, James, uh, we'll start with you. Was there anything within this 3-1 win that you that you wanted to bring up one last time?
1: I think, uh, as we discussed, Noel never really got to grips with us in terms of stopping our possession. We did a good job of exploiting the space at times and were clinical enough to get the three goals So. I mean, when you get faced with a team that doesn't play particularly well, you have to do your job and win the game. And we did that pretty comfortably. In terms of standout players, you've got the obvious ones. Sarah, was a forward far too much space. And when he gets that much space, uh, he's elite at this level. The two strikers both did really well, dropping in and offering in midfield. And in terms of their pressing as well. And once again, Janouis, I was really impressed by how he played on the ball with his passes in the field and his ball carry. And I was also impressed that he remained fairly solid defensively throughout, which is something that would maybe be his weakness.
2: Great. And Rich? I think another another good win, another good three points. Very, very positive about Norwich's prospects for this season now. Um, I've said enough out of possession to to convince me that we'll, we will be a real uh, threaten this division we've, set, we've got some real individual quality and we're set up in a way to to win games. so yeah I think this was a bit of a litmus test to see if we would be able to dispatch teams that didn't offer as much as maybe some of the other teams in this league uh, and we passed with flying colours and um, that first 75 minutes was uh, as dominant as it gets um, in the championship so yeah really pleased uh, individual st- uh, performances that stood out Gabriel Sara I am turning into an absolute fanboy of that man absolutely dominant Again, in every phase of play, I say every week, but every phase of play, he is dominant and he really affects um, the game. I'm uh, really impressed with Barnes actually this week, uh, his stuff out of possession. Uh, and in the, the second phase and third phase of build-up, I thought he looked uh, really good at linking the play and bringing others into game. I feel uh, Roe, Fastnack and Sargent benefited a lot from from what he brought in those phases of play. So, so yeah, really positive Again about this week, um, and excited about the season.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Barnes again. Actually, I think another feature which which we didn't mention earlier was his physicality. Uh, I think he got into someone's like a bit of a a bit of a fight with the centre backs or or Billy Mitchell, who was the holding midfielder. Well, literally at one point they uh, almost came to blows, like on the side of the pitch in the first half. But the thing that I like about him is that even if he loses a duel, or even if Barnes perhaps doesn't get on the end of the ball when he's when he's dueling with another player, the fact that he can disrupt them enough. Um, I think there was an incident in the, in the first half where basically he's second best to a duel, but because he causes the defender to go off balance, then it became such a poor clearance and it went straight to Sarah, which then led to a shot on goal. So yeah, I think he just does the dirty work so well. I mean, that's. A clear feature that uh, a lot of Norwich fans have have commented upon, and yeah, even though his link-up play was really good, his his physicality and then the way he really disrupted Millwall off the ball was um, was was really really strong. Again, for me personally, I thought it was a good performance, but I just thought Millwall were a very very poor side, especially in transition. There is space that um other teams could exploit with Norwich. I mean, you're never going to get like a fully balanced team, but I'd still worry about McLean and Sarah uh, in that double pivot off the ball. I do think. They allow a bit too much space and they don't always cover the right areas. Uh, this was, yeah, definitely a feature towards the end of the first half. But overall, because we're creating so many chances, that isn't a huge issue at the minute. But I do worry when we start to play teams who are a little bit better in transition, who are good at making decisions in the final thirds that could be slightly problematic. Rich, James, any final thoughts from you?
1: I'm just delighted that we've got a team that's entertaining but effective as well. We do the dirty work as well as play some nice football. And um, I mean, we, we don't really see Norwich sides. that are good out of possession, so it's lovely to see that this season. And I think I'm going to be revising where I personally thought we'd finish this season based on these three games because...
0: We've honestly exceeded my expectations. Well, James, Rich, thanks very much. And thank you for listening to the Norwich City Taxes Podcast. Finally, please subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to us on.